Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We are starting 2022 in style. Welcome to Brothers Ballin' Podcast. It's the podcast where you have brothers who talk about sports. We don't hold anything back. We tell it like it is. We tell the truth from a fan's perspective. And if you haven't uh, heard our show or listened to our show, where you've been? Because the conversation gets live and we tell, like I said, we tell the truth. So the breakdown uh, today, we have three hosts. Happy New Year, everyone. This is, again, Brothers Ballin' Podcast. Three hosts. We're going to allow our most junior host to introduce himself. He's been, he's been on here before. Yes, he has. Ozzy, Ozzy, say hi to the people. What's up? What's up? I'm excited to be back on here. The last time I was on here was like over a year ago. So I'm happy I got brought back. I guess I did well that first time. So Yep, yep it was our highest rated show. Oh, wow. I wonder why, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. Now, uh, our next host, go ahead, John. Talk your piece. How's it going, people? Great show for you today. We got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. Uh, and you, you know me, I am Rob. We are ready to go. Listen, we got a football-centric episode today. Uh, as you guys know, uh, upcoming in a couple of days, we had the College Football National Championship. No surprise, Alabama and Georgia. Listen, full disclosure, I'm a Georgia Bulldogs fan. Uh, Bulldogs were embarrassed last time. They played Alabama, losing 41-24. to 24. Uh, in the SEC championship game. Bulldogs are back in the national title game, first time since 2017 season. And they are, once again, of course, playing the Alabama Crimson Tide. So, guys, let's talk a little bit about this game. Like we said, it's not a surprise when you saw the breakdown of the uh, college football playoff. Alabama handled Cincinnati. Georgia handled Michigan. Uh Tell me what you think, or do you believe that, you know, we can have a repeat of what happened in, in the SEC championship game? Ozzy, well, what are your thoughts? Well, um, I do think that's a possibility. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go out there and say, hey, that's what's going to happen. Um, but that being said, if you look back at last time's game, you look at some of the things that Georgia was able to do. They threw the ball for 340 yards, so they were able to throw the ball in the air. But where Georgia hangs his hat on, I think, is being able to run the football, especially on first down, and being able to make manageable second and third downs. And they were not able to efficiently and effectively and consistently run the football. So when you look at, you know, people love Stetson Bennett. You know, I think he's a great story. You know, he went from like fourth string to starter. You know, great story. And he's a good player. But if you're the Crimson Tide, you want Stetson Bennett to have to beat you. And that's what happened in the last game. And so, um, the only, I think the one major difference, because, you know, the Georgia stout and staunch defense don't give up anything. Well, they gave up 41 points and 420 yards passing. I've said all year that the weakest link on this team is that back four. They graduated, or I think all four guys from last year that started are gone. I think they lost, I think, six or seven kids total. 
to holds a whole new group. And Dean is the only player that came back from last year's group. And the thing is, that's their weakest link. And people love Adariana Kendrick. I think he's a fabulous talent. But you go back to the playoff when he played up for Clemson, and you, you tell me who he was stopping from getting stats. Okay, guys were going off on him. And so one of the differences in this game, though, is there is going to be six catches and 97 yards and one touchdown from the SC Championship that will not be playing on Monday, and that's John Mechie. And so mm-hmm. what that does for Georgia on, on the defensive side, you can now say Jameson Williams is not going to beat us. He's not going for 184 yards. Slade Bolden or, or Billingsley or young freshman who's starting to figure things out, um, I think his last name is Earl. Um, Jojo Earl has a chance to really grow up into this role. He had a big touchdown catch um, against Auburn. He played well against um, Asensi. He has a chance to really maybe not be John Mechie, but if he can get four or five catches, get get some first downs, he's going to see a lot of single coverage. I think the biggest key, can Georgia get to Bryce Young, get pressure, force him to throw the ball earlier, maybe hit him and get him down, and not, and not allow him to really dictate the terms of this game. So um, we're probably not doing the predictions yet, but there's a chance that this can look the same way. But if you're a Georgia fan, um, you should feel good about you're playing against somebody else who doesn't have maybe their best receiver or at least their, their second best guy on offense. Yeah, so that's a very a very good point, the loss of John Mechie. Um, his in of course, uh, tearing his ACL in the SEC championship game. That's a big loss for the Alabama offense. John, what are your thoughts in terms of Georgia's ability to get to um, Bryce Young? This is a, a, a defense that is known for pressuring the quarterback, stopping the run. They got no sacks against Bryce Young in the SEC championship game. Um, what, what are your thoughts on Georgia's defense against Alabama's offense? All right, so I watched. And, and I'll be honest, I watched a good – I didn't watch the whole game against Michigan, but I watched majority of the second, third, and I watched the last seven minutes of the fourth quarter um, of that game because I had some stuff, some, some, some stuff I was doing. Um, I feel this time around, Georgia's defense is, is going to get at least two sacks. Um, Georgia and, – and, and for me, sometimes a team needs to be embarrassed – for them to really hone in and realize what they are. I, I felt if I'm looking at the top defenses of all time in college football, I would rank Georgia's defense this year in the top 10 of the, of, 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 of the defenses, like all time best defenses in college football. I would rank this defense in the top 10. They were, they were in, in the SEC championship game. I was very leery. Here's the thing. Nick Saban doesn't lose to former assistants. He doesn't, okay? Jimbo Fisher was the first to beat him. And I just felt at the SEC championship game, I felt Georgia was feeling itself a little bit mm-hmm. because they, you know, they marched after beating Clemson in the opening, in the opening game of the season, they, they were number one. They were number one all the way throughout, right? Mm-hmm. And they needed some humble pie. Right, they needed some humble pie to set them straight. I liked what Kirby Smart did at the end of the Michigan game when they wanted to douse him with Gatorade, and he was like, "We're not going to do that. We're not doing that. Yeah, the mission is not complete. We're not going to do it. 
We're not doing that. The thing is, I think Georgia is going to come out with a little edge on them, even though um, I, I think I looked, they're like two and a half point favorites. Mm-hmm. I just feel Georgia is going to come out with a little bit more of a edge to their game. Um, and I feel it's going to be a close game, but I feel that Georgia is going to win this game probably probably by three points. Okay. I mean, you know, like looking looking at, at the last game, I think the point about Mechie is uh, a, a huge point because right. if you look at the college football semifinals, you saw a, an offense in Michigan that I did not expect to do well against Georgia because right. the one thing that Michigan does not do well is stretch the field. Okay, mm-hmm. they're, a, they're a kind of Running I team. Say, yeah, I, I, I want to say three yards in a cloud of dust. But well, they, they are, did leave. They did leave college football with most fifty-plus uh, yard plays. I granted. Yeah, that's but there's a lot against, of runs. Like they got a lot of runs, and, and you're playing against. You know, it's it's a, that's a different level of defense. You're talking about the SEC and the Big Ten. Okay, mm-hmm. not a lot of teams in the Big Ten are playing like elite defense. You maybe have two or three. Right. Um, you know, because you it's not you don't have the caliber of athlete in the Big Ten that you normally have, only Ohio State, you can say, year in, year out, is consistently having the type of, uh, you know, skill position Ooh. talent that you're going to compete with the SEC team. So Michigan was not able to stretch the field, right. okay? It, because they're not, they weren't going to be able to run the ball. That's not how you beat Georgia. How you beat Georgia is how Alabama did it, and that's, and that's big plays because you're not going to sustain consistent drives consistently up and down the field. you got to hit them with chunk plays. And the loss of Mechie, um, you know, limits their ability to make trunk plays because Jameson, you know, Williams is going to get a lot of attention. Um, the front four of Georgia has to do a better job of getting at the quarterback. And I think they, they normally, will. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and, and it's just a thing where Alabama, you know, struggled. You look at the Cincinnati game. Alabama was off, was not was not playing well. Right. They exactly. had 17 points after three quarters. And Cincinnati was in the game. But, again, Cincinnati couldn't stretch the field. So right. they were unable to really put any points and put and, any and pressure. Let's be real. Cincinnati's defense, for the most part, yeah, we, played we, pretty we well. Talk about, yeah. Well, this is the thing. This is not to cut you off. The reason why I don't think scored as many points, you you just said the way to beat Georgia is by throwing the ball in bigger plays. Cincinnati has probably the best back four in the country and by far the best corner tandem in the country. Sauce Gardner is going to be a first-round first draft pick. Yep, first-round pick. They have three corners on their team that will be drafted in this year's or next year's draft. But you look at what Bama did. They Brian Robinson ran for the most yards in his career, ran for 200-something yards. Yep. But it wasn't the touchdowns. It was the first down and keeping their offense on the field and getting 20 yards here and getting a first down and milking clock. It wasn't, oh, Jameson Williams for, for 35 yards and six. But – you were playing against a team that had legit NFL quarter. Sauce Gardner is an absolute right. dog, and they have a really good defensive backfield that kept them from making those huge plays in the passing game. Yeah. What I learned from that game is that a lot of teams are not going to put Cincinnati – a lot of Power 5 teams will not put Cincinnati on their schedule. <laughs> no, no, you better not. Cincinnati, Cincinnati is legit. Yeah. Cincinnati, they're, they're, they're not putting them on their schedule. They're legit. Now, <laughs> now you hope that they can, you know, keep up with their, um, the program, you know, with their, yeah, yeah with their recruiting because you're recruiting in the, in the, you know, state of Ohio. Ohio State runs that. So right. if you if a, if a kid State's is coming second. to Ohio, 
<laughs> yeah. So <laughs> if you're looking at if you're looking at uh, really recruiting in the state of Ohio, uh, it's going to be very difficult because Ohio's like you say, Ohio State, Penn State, those two are established uh, teams in major conference in, in the major Power Five conference, and Cincinnati, you know, just isn't that. So that's interesting to see how Cincinnati progresses because there's times where you see teams like you know UCF was you know saying they were national champions four or five years ago, <laughs> like that, that hasn't materialized into them becoming a elite program. It's just very difficult in football to be or maintain a level of, uh, you know, elite, you know, competition or be hey, one of the elites over a certain period one of time. Thing, one thing I can say, though, is that UCF right now is probably the best team in Florida. <laughs> probably, because Miami and Florida trash, and Florida State is uh, – Florida State right now is playing like a JUCO. So yeah, um, just bring Dion back home. Call it a day. Yeah. Bring Dion yep. back. Everybody wins. Yeah. So, so all right. So we got the, the game. Like I said, we've seen what happened before. Okay. Uh in the SEC championship game. Now, of course, we said that Georgia needs to play better, needs to do a better mm-hmm. job of pressuring Bryce Young, stopping the big play from happening in order to uh make plays. Also, Ozzy, you did make the point about Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett, of course, a quarterback of Georgia, uh, you know, walk on, was able to get the scholarship. Uh, not the most talented passer, but he's been effective for the Georgia Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll ask a question. Can Stetson Bennett, you know, win the game? Knowing that Georgia's ID on offense is they want to run the football. They have a future professional in Zamir White. They got a uh, future professional, James Cook, Dalvin Cook's li- um, little brother. Yeah, yeah, little bro. I think Mark Mac- Bowers. McIntosh is going to be, yeah. Yeah, Mac- McIntosh yeah. Is, is very good. He'll get more yeah. opportunity, of course, when uh, Cook and, and White uh, move on. Brock Bowers, I think, is a, is a future professional. Uh, George, George Pickens is a future professional. Um, so do the Georgia Bulldogs have enough? You know, because I don't know how many points they'll need, but the Stetson Bennett and the passing attack have enough to win this game, if if need be. Well, I'll say this, and I'll say this as a little bit of bias, as a guy who played a tight end in college, that tight end room of the University of Georgia is mm. the best room in the country for right. that group with Washington and Bowers. I forgot mm-hmm. the third the, the third guy's name, um, who's very who who's very talented in his own right. Um, but, you know, to be 100% honest, you know, Stetson Bennett, you know, if you're a Georgia fan, then you know about, J- about J- JT Daniels and the fact that most people wanted JT Daniels to be the right. quarterback. They had one of arm talent to be, uh-huh. to, to do, to stretch the football field, to make every throw. But the thing that I believe that separates Stetson Bennett, I remember seeing Stetson Bennett as a freshman when I was, when we went to a coaching clinic at the University of Georgia. And Justin Fields was there. Jake Fromm was a starting quarterback. And so we were able to see – we were there in person. We watched Georgia practices during their spring practice. And I said, dude, that little short kid, I don't know if he'll ever play, but he spins that ball, and he's a gamer. Like, he, like he, he's competitive. He's making every throw. Um, the, the teammates like him, but he was like the fourth-string kid. So, well, you know, he never won. But you fast forward now, he's, 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 he's leading a – one team into the national championship. Um, I think part of the thing that he has that he has to do um, is 
the one thing that is not, I guess, is not his fault is his jeans fall. He's not tall. So right. for Stetson Bennett to be the best version of Stetson Bennett, Georgia has to be able to run the football because his mm-hmm. play action pass is really good because then that's when you can use those tight ends. Brock Bowers going across the field and you putting it in Zamir White's or Cook's stomach and bringing it out. They move the pocket well. They get Stetson Bennett in different places because they understand Todd Munkin, who was a um, – um, he was a um, pro football offensive coordinator for the Browns and the Buccaneers. He understands short quarterbacks. You've got to move his launch point. You've got to move the passing point. And so they move the, the pocket well. And when you have three tight ends that are versatile, and Brock, Brock Bowers may be a freaking a receiver for <laughs> the way he moves. Right. And six, seven. He's going to be a very good pieces. NFL player. Trust. Yeah. They have the piece. Let's believe that. Now, George Pickens, who. I mean, talent is out the wazoo, but you just – you hope eventually it clicks. Like, he's healthy and his mind's right at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. Do they have the weapons to be successful in this game? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what what we have to be honest about is you're not going up against John Doe's defense. You're going up against – even though Bama had some games early in the year against, against XAM, I believe against Arkansas, I believe against Ole Miss, where they gave up points. But one thing that you have to say – when Nick Saban, A, plays you twice, or when Nick Saban has, has multiple weeks to prep for you, you ain't going to just be able to get what you want. Nick Saban's going to do what he feels that needs to be done. And I'm going to tell you what I think his game plan is going to be. His game plan is, is they're going to play a lot of football with one with one high safety or with a two high safety look and a safety tilted down to create a – to give the Bulldogs a read of, hey, there's an extra guy in the box. We can't run the ball right now. And they're going to force Stetson Bennett to make throws. And what they're going to do is they're going to probably force the throws to, to happen into the middle of the football field. Why? Because those big defensive linemen can stick their hands up and get in passing lane. Right. Yeah. Dealing with a that's that's court, going to be shorter, a big deal. When you're dealing with a short, court, short quarterback, you funnel throws to the middle of the field where, A, he has to look over the offensive line and then throw through hands. And – well, Georgia, the reason why Georgia moves the pocket is because it gets them away from the linemen and makes his reads read easier. And so they have the weapons to do it, but we got to be making sure that we give due respect to the best coach in college football and to make sure Alabama has like 11 five-star starters on defense. <laughs> like you say, yeah, like they do. You're playing some flat-out dudes that are going to be first-round draft picks. And the truth is the best player in this game Plays for for Alabama. That's Will. That's Will. That's uh, Will Anderson. I think he is the best player in this game. And how Georgia can control him, whether it's chipping with the tight end, chipping with the running back. You think um, he's better than Davis? The best player in that game is Will Anderson. Have you seen his stats? Will Will Anderson has thirty-two tackles up for loss. Okay, he is a absolute menace. The only thing that I'll say, he's not huge in build, so maybe you run it towards him. Yeah, that's what I, w- I was saying. I was saying, like, Running Georgia, right at him. <laughs> has, Georgia has future NFL players on their offensive line. Both both teams do. Yeah. So, like, you have to run at him because, you know, obviously Will Anderson is a huge part of Alabama's defense, um, his ability to press, to press the pocket. And then you look at Jordan Davis, who is uh, a, a just basically an eclipse yes. in, in the middle. Yeah, of he the is. he's a mountain. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's a mountain. So, his ability to, you know, draw double teams, uh, 
stop the runs up the middle. Yep. And he's going to draw know, dictate, a lot of double teams in this game. Yeah. Dictate second and eight, you know, third and eight. So it forces Alabama to be one dimensional. And it's kind of what Georgia did in the first game. Uh, Robinson, the, the running back for Alabama, did not really go off in that game. No, that's kind of par. And that's, that's kind of par for the course. Georgia's he had front 16 seven, for 55 yards. He averaged three yeah. yards a carry. Yeah. Georgia's front seven is probably, it's I mean, stout. I would say the best. I would say the best in the country. Okay. Oh, yeah. um, they, he's, they don't, they don't, they yeah, don't play with the As a unit, as a unit, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So obviously, you know, if you're smart, you have to attack their, their weak point, which is their secondary. And it's going to be a combination of blitzing and coverage that is going to allow Georgia to be successful. If, well, Rob, let me ask you something. Do you think, you know, you're not the coach staff, you haven't watched the hours and hours of films? Because I do love it. Uh, but Kirby Smart and his staff. Do you think if you're Georgia, you're playing, you're the you're the defensive coordinator, you're Dan Lanning. Are you telling you, yourself, okay, they threw for 421. We either play coverage and drop seven guys, let our front four, hey, you get to them if you get to them, or you make a move, and Bryce Young has a house of throw to get seven guys in coverage, or are you saying, look, we can't let Bryce Young stand still. So let's send six. Let's let's blitz him, knowing there's going to be five guys in coverage, and let's say we can get to him before he finds the, the open man. I would like them to get at him early, okay? Because if he and I've seen it, he was way too comfortable in the SEC championship game. If he gets comfortable, if he gets to the point where he's able to survey the field, he's able to kind of you know pick out his, his receivers. And make plays, it's going to be extremely difficult for Georgia to stop his momentum. You've got to hit him early. And I think uh, if you're able to get five, you know, if you got to blitz five to start the game, I think you do that and then you play coverage, but you definitely have to mix it up. You have to give it to him uh, consistently. I'm talking about um, blitzing from the corners, you know, A-gap blitzes, and things that are going to force him to move his feet. He's, you know, can be an effective passer when he's on his feet. But on the same token, I think Georgia can't allow him to sit still. You can't have it where you look up again and there's zero sacks. If that's the case, right. Georgia's in trouble. So if okay. there's another zero sack. Right. So so to me, if to me, um Stetson Bennett, this is what I see for this is what I see the game plan needs to be. Stetson Bennett needs to be a solid game manager running the play action. And they, they got to find ways to do a lot of screens, play action, and when they can run the ball, run the ball. My thing is, my thing is because Bryce Young is so explosive um, on the other side, you want to, you, you want to say, you, you want to look at the game. The game is 60 minutes long. You want to, hold on to the football as much as you can, yep. which will keep Absolutely. your defense fresh mm-hmm. and will wear out the Alabama defense. My thing is that if Georgia comes in with the same game plan, then we're just going to, you know, try to run it down their throats and throw it all over the field. They better take it. They need to look at what worked. And to me, I think the play action, play action works very well on Bama's on this year's Bama's defense. That's I would I would say this. Uh, don't get fooled by the 340 yards Stetson Bennett threw for. Right. A lot of Probably that was in the game. Yards. Yeah. A lot of that when there was huge separation 
Right. And Dak Prescott. Georgia, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Georgia, <laughs> empty, Georgia empty calories, not, right? Empty yeah, calorie empty calorie. Georgia <laughs> is not winning a game where they're putting it on uh, Stetson Bennett to throw forty times. Right. That's right. not. That's yeah. not the that's recipe they use. And there was yeah. a quarterback on that team that you could be comfortable throwing forty times. JT it wouldn't Daniels. be. It wouldn't be Stetson it's Bennett. JT, it would yeah, be. It would be JT, JT Daniels. JT. Okay. So but you lose the mobility. You lose the ability yes, to move. You lose mobility, but. Um, unless you were running RPOs, uh, you know, I don't know how much of a advantage you get with that that mobility. Because it's not like he's Lamar Jackson running back there. He right, can move. Right. Yeah. But he's but not Lamar Jackson, but he can scramble. His, his, That's his ability. His, his biggest trait is when he is when it's third down and seven. Yeah, he can run to get that covered. He he can get 15 yards. Right. And I just think he's more I don't know them personally. I'm not trying to you know take a jab at JT Daniels. I think from what I see from Seth Bennett, I think he's he's more of a competitor and a gamer right. than than in just the way they play. And I'm sorry, and, he's, he's not an NFL quarterback. No, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> no, no. no. Some guys, involved. some guys, some guys are like you know they the college game allows them because he's playing against. This is the best offensive line he's played against in, in his life. Right. He'll never see an offensive line like this. He's never will play with a defense like this. So. You know, listen, Stetson Bennett is going to be key, but Georgia's ability not to break big 20-yard runs with Zamir White right. and uh, James Cook, but to consistently gain yards. They right. need second and five because Georgia yeah. doesn't have – That's the why they got to run that – that yeah. screen yeah. game has to work. And yeah, there's going to be – The play action, right now, play action of Bowers needs to work. I almost can guarantee 80% that the first play for Georgia's offense is going to be a pass. They want to establish and what they yeah, want Alabama to respect – yeah, they want Alabama to respect Georgia's ability to pass, okay? Because remember, Georgia was up 10-0. They had momentum, but they got loose in the mm-hmm. um, secondary, mm-hmm. okay? And that turned the game completely when they got loose in the secondary. Georgia, I felt, rushed offensively, mm-hmm. and they were throwing the ball too much, and it played right into Alabama's hands. Georgia has to stick with that run game. So, with all that being said, guys, very quickly, we're going to end this segment. What are your score predictions for college football um, title game on Monday? John, you go first. What is the score? Who wins? Um, My score is going to be 27 to 24, Georgia. Okay. Mm. All right. Uh, Ozzy, what do you got? Um, I do think it's close. Um, I do believe, I think the score is 38 to 31, Alabama. Okay. And I had the score 6 3, Georgia. That's going to be a battle. Uh, nah, it's the listen. <laughs> Wait, you listen, got six listen. Three. <laughs> now, listen. You know what? You know what's funny? Like, as uh, a lot of the fans of, of the show know, I'm a Georgia fan and I am a New York Giants fan. And I remember when the Giants got to play the Patriots the second time. Okay. Remember, the Patriots put up 35 points the first time they played the Giants it, at uh, Giants Stadium. And the second time around, uh, the Patriots only put up 14. And I think what the biggest difference in those two games was the fact that the Giants defensive linemen got home. And I think Georgia's defensive linemen are going to get home in this game. Mm-hmm. And I see and I see this being really like a 24-20 kind of game. Georgia can't play the game in the 30s. They don't have the offense against an Alabama defense right. to play a game in, 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 and that's in the 30s. Why, and that's why I say game management – uh, Stetson Bennett is going to need to be a game manager. Eat that clock. Keep yeah, of course. Fresh. You got to be 
a shootout defense fresh. Yeah, a shootout. Goes in Bama's favor. I think Bama forces two turnovers off Stetson Bennett, either a fumble or a Yeah, break that's going to be big. Turnovers, knock, turnovers are going to be one big. One knock on Stetson Bennett is, yeah, he is he is a gamer, but his one knock is he is a gamer, and he's going he's, he's to take some risks thinking, oh, I can make that play. Right. And mm-hmm. I think Bama's going to be able to flip field. Um, it's going to be a very dogfight first half, but, but I think special teams and a defense turning the ball over, giving their offense a short field, makes the difference. Don't be surprised if JT Daniels makes an appearance in this game. It's just Bennett will have it together. All right. So, mm-hmm. you guys, uh, this is, uh, of course, our first, uh, you know, podcast of the year, 2022. And um, we got some really good talent. There's a reason why we have three guys on this uh, episode. Okay. Uh, if you guys don't know, um, you guys know our allegiances. I am a New York Giants fan. Jonathan, uh, he roots for the Chicago Bears. The Bears, the um, Bears. You know, and which I just want to, I just want to thank you for the first round pick you've given us, which will be a top ten pick. Um, and we appreciate am, anything we can do to help you. And <laughs> yes, because we, because the Giants need to help. Uh, we are, I think, in my in my opinion, we may be the worst team in football. I know our record doesn't say that, but if Detroit played us, I think Detroit Detroit would beat us. They just have more juice than we do. You think um, the Jaguars beat The Jaguars? Jaguars are strong. Well, Jaguars are putrid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe we're the second worst team. Not worse than the Jaguars. But the, the you Jets know, would definitely pre- beat you. I think so. I think <laughs> the Jets would beat us. And I think the Texans would beat us too. Um, but all that being said, the biggest uh, you know, story from week 17 in the NFL, obviously, is A B. And for those of you who don't know, Ozzy, our brother, is a huge Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. He's still wiping the champagne from his eyes from last year's Super Bowl yes, victory. Yes. He got an AB but, T-shirt. He got an AB but, T-shirt underneath that. Uh, never, under that never, but but never, but it never. seems you know based with the uh, I guess the you know acceleration of some of the teams in the NFC and the injuries, the Bucks. It's looking tough. A lot, very tough for for the Bucks. It's gonna be a lot tougher road. Yeah. This year yeah. than last year uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But we want to talk about one Buccaneer or former <laughs> Buccaneer, and that's going to be Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, if you guys haven't heard, haven't seen, I don't know where you've been. But basically, he caught in the scene, ripped off his jersey, uh, you know, ripped off his uh, gloves, threw his gloves into the stands. Um, Antonio Brown quit on national television. So, Ozzy, as our resident um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, and that's a horrible graphic. I just <laughs> hey, I don't know what the graphic is. The graphic is horrible. If we, if we could switch back to what we had before, this looks <laughs> like going on, you know, this looks like we're, we're in some kind of laugh. It looks like yeah, this looks, this is like looks like we're looks like we're in some kind of support group. Um, yeah, okay. no, it's not working. So, yeah. uh, so Ozzy, Ozzy, yeah. as the resident Tampa Bay Buccaneers <laughs> fan. What yeah. are your thoughts on what you saw from Antonio Brown uh, on Sunday's game against the Jets? Um, before I start, um, the rating of this podcast is rated Y7, rated R, mature. Yeah, if you, if you want to keep the explicit, if you want to keep the explicit keep it, uh, language. Keep, keep it uh, 14. What is it? Uh, <laughs> 
Why 14, something like that? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, here, here is here's the truth, and I have so much um, to I have so many thoughts, but I'll try to keep it as concise. Um, we, we are um, seeing, well, we saw um, the what happens when, you know, Skip Bills and Shannon Sharp had said this, and I, I think they were right. Um, I don't agree with Skip, with, with Skip Bills on most days of the week. Um, but when a player who has a volatile personality feels power or feels like the whole world is against them, this is what happens. This is what happens. And so you have to, you have to, you know, when people talk about, oh, you know, because there's a, there's a community of people that, that say, oh, AB is, is fighting, you know, fighting against the big man. You see what they did, did to him, what they try to make him do. And Mar- All right. So it seemed like we lost Ozzy um, for a second. Ozzy, are you back? Can you hear me? All right. Yep. I can hear you. Um, but there's a community of people that say, oh, you see what they should, they're trying to make AB play like this and play her, blah, 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 blah. See, he's a victim here. Oh, and then there's another, you know, genius, very genius, smart group. I'll say a genius, and I hope everybody hears my sarcasm, but when I say it, genius, the Buccaneers trying to hold him, you know, stop him from getting his incentive. They bench him. Y'all, I mean, okay. Um, the problem is, some point that this AB project was going to be over with. Like, like if you know AB, you knew there was an expiration date on when he was going to, you know, behave for, you know, for, for what it's worth. Um, but the Steelers, which is a, a well-tight-knit, well-ran organization, he gets run out of there for repeated offenses, okay? And then he goes to the Patriots, um, or it might have been the Raiders, I'm not sure, but Raiders. Gets there, um, you know, people are raving about him, and then he calls the freaking general manager a cracker. Like, like, yeah, this is what we're, this is what we're doing now. Then he goes to the Patriots and Tom Tom Brady. You know, I don't want to say that Tom Brady tried to do a savior project, but he but he knew like let's let's keep it above. He knew Antonio Brown at his peak and healthy is one of the best best to wide out in football. He knows that. All right. And he got a chance to practice and play a game with him in, went, um, in New England. And that went bad after him calling out the, the owner of the team. He called him a saltine something. We won't, we won't say here. So he's bugging. So then, you know, the, the Buccaneers who Bruce Arians, might I add, was like, when they first came up to us, he was like, bro, y'all got to be bleeping kidding. No, no. But Tom Brady fought the good fights. And look, man, I can help him. I can keep it, you know, cordial. And in year one, yeah, it it, it was fine. You know why it was fine? Because he missed the first half of the freaking year. And when he came in the – and when he came on, mm-hmm. people were dialed in and focused, play, you know, playing their best of football, you know, playing in the playoffs. And, and shame on you if you act out in the playoffs or act out yeah. down the whole stretch of a season. You ain't about to – I mean, that's catastrophic. So then this offseason, you know, if you listen to the – podcast that he was on either yesterday or the previous day he talked he talked about his contract mm-hmm. and this and, is what i yeah. feel like look at the podcast you look at him you can you can say that i'm not saying something's wrong with him i'm saying 
he is not a logical or sane thinker. 100%. After that, I don't think he is. And the reason why he says, oh, Tom Brady, you know, he talks about his friendship with Tom Brady, saying that Tom Brady's only his friend because he because he can play a football. And you know what? That may be very that, that may be very well true. But what Tom yeah, Brady it, did, Tom Brady, Tom Brady and, fought his tail off to give you a chance to be on a football team. Yeah, and I want to say something about that. And I think it's, you know, it just plays into the fact that I think Antonio Brown, like a lot of, you know, athletes, um, not most, I would say there's a lot of them, but not most of them, is a hard narcissist, okay? Yep, yeah. Because, because why else would Tom Brady even want to have a relationship with you unless you played, yeah. um, you know, he has, he has really no good football? To with you yeah. unless you're a football player. Like, Tom Brady, like, right. Um, I just want to interject real quick here before, I, before we let Ozzy continue. I watched, uh, you know, majority of that podcast and for what AB said about Tom Brady talking about, you know, why, why is he playing on a sort of option deal? Tom Brady's about winning. Okay. Tom, Tom Brady is about winning at any cost, right? If, if, if you're a player that can help us win, I want you, we'll figure out everything else. Tom Brady made sure that Antonio Brown got his incentives last year. Let, Tom John, Brady. I watched that football sure. game. Right. I watched that football game, and we were doing things outside of our offense, like not even trying to get for done. Hey, let's throw the shovel pass on third down and four so he get a catcher. And let's throw this pop route, even though the, the numbers tell us by read we shouldn't throw it. Let's just throw it anyway so he can get the ball. Like that. Like, right. Come on now. They they did everything in their power to get him inside his base. And, and when he says, well, his boy Gronk, but this is why. Let me explain why Gronk is not on center base. Because A, Gronk made money last year. We signed him last year for $10 million after making that trade for him. Okay. So what sense does it make for him to make $10 million last year? And then for this year, well, hey man, you're gonna be on a one-year deal and you can get his center base. No, um, that makes zero sense. Why would Gronk take a whole bunch of money less to be on a center base grouping? But he made $10 million last year. We had money. For him, we did not know if Antonio Brown was coming back. We thought Antonio Brown was going to, you know, he called a touchdown Super Bowl. His, his status was kind of back up. He was a model of citizen for eight weeks or whatever it was. And we all thought some teams are going to throw some money at him and he's going to take it. Well, that didn't happen. So when he came back, people got to gotta understand. When it came time at the end of the offseason, when Antonio Brown had not signed yet, we didn't have any money left. Mm-hmm. Evans being who I think is the best teammate in the NFL. I may be a little bit biased, but he is a category one high ten, uh, 10 out of 10 teammate restructured his contract to elite to give up some money to alleviate some funds. But that did not give us $8 million to give him. That gave us X, Y, Z amount of money. And because we know Tom Brady's going to make sure you get that, those incentives, we put incentives into your deal to make sure that you would make more money on the back end, whether it's towards the end of the year, but to make money on the back end to boost up your money. But it is not like we said, you got to get a hundred, you know, uh, catches. No, I think the catch number is like 45 or 50. Something that you were well on track to get. Well, maybe if you weren't suspended for three games because of max charge, you would have gotten it already. All right. Yeah. Um, that's, a, that's an excellent point. He, he takes, he takes no responsibility for that. He no keeps hopping because because his narrative, somebody has to be going going against him. And, like, if you watch the podcast, he makes a joke. He makes an 
analogy to Bob about working at McDonald's. And Bob makes a joke and says, oh man, you know, you got me down there working at McDonald's. Antonio Brown gets like offensive. It's like, nah, bro, you see what you're doing there? You see what you're doing? Bro, it's a joke. It's sarcasm. Nobody's attacking you by Antonio Brown. It's all good. Continue your line. He, he is so, he is, his mindset is so, I'm the victim. I'm the victim. Everybody's doing doing me wrong. He goes out there and B.A., who goes, Bruce Arians, says in his, um, in his interview, I think it was Thursday, might have been on Wednesday, clearly explains what happens. Called him a liar. Football player, <laughs> football player who, who understands the dynamic of um, personnel groups and knowing that if you want to set your coach off, your personnel group goes out and you say no. If you want to set a coach off, and currently I'm a coach, if you want to set me off, we call your personnel group and you say, nah, bro, I ain't going out. Because now it's scramble drills and somebody else has to come in who probably don't play your spot. And we got to bump this guy over to, to run around that he had practice, practice all week. And you go out there, and this is where my conflicting story is. He talked about, I'm hurt. My ankle. My ankle hurt. I'm hurt. Well, Skip Bell said that he had a source that talked to Antonio Brown and said part of the problem was targets. So what, so what is it? Are you hurt? What's hurt? Your ankle or your feelings? Tell me. Because the last thing I heard, the last, the last thing I thought is you were coming to the Buccaneers to help us win a Super Bowl and to be a teammate. And you played football for a long time. So sometimes it ain't about your targets. It's about us winning a game. And Tom Brady, who you have a whole other week to reach your incentive, that can't be the problem. Tom Brady is a career winner. Works the Gronk had the matchup. Gronk played well. I mean, I'm just really, as a Buccaneer fan who we've been, we've been hurt all year, and the, and the NFC is really good this year, we've been hurt, we've been hurt all year. For Antonio Brown to do what he did, are the Buccaneers probably, you know, yeah, they may they may have been. Could Bruce Arians have not told him to get the F out of here? Yeah, he probably could have said, that's really selfish of you to be to be doing this. But but again, the training staff of the of the Buccaneers said that they were never told about it, that, that Antonio Brown never came to them during the game and said, My ankles bother me, I can't go out there. He made a decision by himself. First first off, that's that's not your job. Like, oh, Antonio Brown said, oh, well, players have, have rights. There's also a process of what you do things. And it's not what you do, it's how, how you would do it. And for him to take himself out of, out of a game and then take his pads off, take his undershirt off, take his gloves off. Well, his, his, his ankle is hella fine hurt to hop, skip, and jog off the football field and then end up at the Nets game the previous night. But you need surgery when you're at the Nets game and you're dropping music the same night. Look. Can't judge a man off of one act. I can judge a man off a series of actions, and the series of actions tells me this is PG thirteen show. He's full of blank, and you know what I'm talking about. And he he has literally cost himself a career towards the end of his because he has not given up the thought process of I'm the victim. They did me wrong. They did me wrong. Well, your story don't add up. Your story don't make sense, and the problem is you have a history of doing selfish acts that's about you and not the team. And dog, the joke, the joke's on you, man. You got your Super Bowl. You had a Hall of Fame, a career, whether you get in or not, because people, you know, I don't know how, how, how people vote. But I just think it's grossly selfish. It's grossly um, ridiculous. And at the end of the day, 
good good riddance because you don't need a guy like that in the locker room. And, and that's a, a very, very good point from our Bucks fan. But we're going to say good riddance to the first half of the show because we're about to take a break. We're going to collect ourselves. We're going to take a break. And we're going to be right back more on our reaction to Antonio Brown and his foolishness. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. Um, we've been talking about Antonio Brown and his uh, temper tantrum that he threw uh, during the Bucks and Jets game last Sunday in week 17. So, John, uh, obviously, you know, before you even know the details of the situation, you see Antonio Brown ripping off his jersey, uh, throwing his jersey and his pads down, throwing his gloves, jogging off, uh, peace sign, the whole kind of uh, song and dance that he did. What were your thoughts when you first saw that before you even like knew the details that were going on? Were you surprised it was AB that was doing that? Well, part of me wasn't surprised because AB is, I think, a, a, he is, I don't think he's well up top mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of mentally. Um, but and I say all this because he he loves to make a scene. He made a scene um, in Pittsburgh. He made a he makes a scene wherever he goes. My issue with AB, honestly, are the people around him not correcting him. Okay, let's just take it back to to Pittsburgh, right? Mike Tomlin, in my opinion, lost the locker room when he did not control AB. They basically allowed AB to run amok. And then when they tried to correct it, they ended up having to get rid of him. Okay. When it comes to talent, AB, honestly, when it comes to just NFL talent, AB could possibly be a top 10 receiver of all time. Oh, absolutely. When it comes to just, when it comes to the talent. Okay. And And his production. production. No, I would say, yeah. I would say, and his production. production. Right. I would say his production more so than his talent because there's nothing about span. him that stands out. Where he, yeah. where he may have been yeah. the most productive, productive guy receptions, in receptions, <laughs> yards, yep. and touchdowns. Like, yep. okay. So here's the thing: he goes from Pittsburgh, right? Raiders. John Gruden was about to give this guy thirty million dollars. Okay, spoke highly of him. This guy is a talented player. He's gonna he's gonna do wonders for our team. He throws up in John Gruden's face. Okay. He goes to the Patriots, who we can say the Patriots and the San Antonio Spurs run their teams in a system format. You're going to a system that has produced in New England, you're going to a system that has produced championships. The system has produced championships. He goes there, he calls the owner of the organization. Okay, who, in my opinion, Robert Kraft, you could say, is one of the best owners in the NFL because he stays out of the way. He lets his he he lets the people he hire do their job. You go off on that guy. You're not playing. Tom Brady leaves New England, comes to Tampa Bay, says, makes a call. We need a B. Bruce Arians, who himself. I feel as a narcissist himself as a coach is like, nah, but when it comes to, to what Tom wants, 
They're going to give Tom what he wants. You come to the team. You don't even play the first six games. You have the team win a Super Bowl. No other team wanted to give you a deal, which is the reason why you came back to the Buccaneers on that incentive deal, because nobody else wanted the headache. So when he's on the so when he's in the podcast talking about if if Tom is my boy, why am I on a uh, this like this you know incentive deal? You did that to yourself. Tom Brady can't control the money. What team in the league is going to want to give Antonio Brown a guaranteed ten million dollars? No, you want to make fifteen million dollars in this deal. You want to make fifteen million dollars this year. Six or seven million of it is going to be incentives, incentive base for you to get to your 15. Tom Brady would do everything in his power to get you to your incentives. He he took pay cuts. Tom Brady right. himself. Tom did. Brady exactly. has taken pay cuts his entire career. Okay. Here's another thing to have. Here's another issue. So he claims that he was hurt. Here's the thing. I believe two things about Antonio Brown. He is a liar and he's a narcissist. And I would say that to his face. You're a liar and you're a narcissist. Let's go back to you lie about your vaccination status. You missed like what? He missed like eight, nine weeks. Okay. Yeah, he missed eight weeks. The, one, the first right? part was the injury and the second part was the status. Right. Okay. So then he comes <clears throat> back, right? Tom Brady throws you 15 balls, you catch 10 the week prior, right? No issue. Now, the one thing I do believe is I do believe the team knew he was hurt. But they said that. it they was said manageable, that. but it was manageable, right? It was a manageable pain, okay? So you come to that week, and remember, last week, Gronk was in the doghouse with Tom Brady because of all the missed passes he had the week before, right? This game starts with the Jets. This And this is honestly what I feel. I feel that there was an issue that happened during the week that didn't get addressed. We come to the game time, and uh, Shannon Sharp and Skip Bales, and, and, and Shannon Sharp on Undisputed has said something. He said that there have been times that I've played in my career where the coaches would, would say some things to me to play. Like they would course say, hey, hey, you know, we need you this week. You know, hey, I know you necked up, but we need you this week. Okay. He accuses the organization of shooting him up with with an illegal substance, right? Is that, he, said, well, he, he didn't say illegal. He said that something that the, yeah, the yeah. NFL has warned. That the NFL has warned. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you, so you mean to tell me all these other players in the league who are nicked up, who get shot up, um, who get shot up, before the game, like 30 minutes before the game, the NFL is frowning upon what's being used. Okay, he makes that he makes that accusation. Yeah, they, they must have held him down. I didn't yeah, know that they yeah, can just make yeah, yeah, right, okay. right? Okay. So 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 then here here we are at the game. At the at the point of the game, the Jets were putting a were putting a number on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, down right? by four by 14 points. All right, he's not getting passes. He has two games to get something like seven more. He, he needed like either seven or eight more catches. He eight catches, 45 and like an, more yards. And like another touchdown. touchdown. And like another touchdown. Yeah. All right. So he's probably pressing. He's like, hey, 
I'm not getting the ball. If during the game you feel that you can't play, go to the medical staff, say, hey, guys, it is hurting. I can't go. They'll alert the coach. They'll make some personnel changes for your package. You don't do that. They call your personnel package. You don't come out. I believe Bruce Arians said something to him because Bruce Arians. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Bruce Arians. Right. But to leave the field and he talks about, oh, his. uh, this, This is why I say he's a liar. So he talked about the medical diagnosis, the doctor who examined his leg. He had ligament damage, ligament tears and all that stuff. This is why I say he's a liar, right? If that is true, that that is the diagnosis of your leg, you mean to tell me that this doctor allowed you to leave his office without putting a brace on an ankle that has torn ligaments, that is torn, completely torn, right? You walked courtside to a basketball game, all right? No limp. He left the field doing jumping jacks, and he said, oh, that's adrenaline. Your ankle you is torn. <laughs> right. You just play calm. Yeah, <laughs> so he yeah. says that he had adrenaline. What do you mean you had adrenaline? You just – the coach just told you to leave. That's anger, not adrenaline. You, you hop and skip. You skip out the field. You then go and you um, you go courtside to a game. You drop a video. You then go do an interview with no brace on your leg. No brace whatsoever. He's on a press tour right now. Right. right. And and to me, it's like, you know, because at some point, the adrenaline wore off. So you would feel the pain at this point, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're able to walk perfectly fine. There's no limp. But you and, and I'm not saying that he's not going to need surgery. You, you probably are, are going to need surgery. But this injury, to me, his ego was hit because he wasn't getting touches. And so he decided to retaliate. I feel that despite his career, whenever it officially ends, the folks who vote for the Hall of Fame, I believe eventually he'll get in. But it may take him all the way. It won't be on the first try. Yeah, it won't be on the first try. It will not be on the first. It will not be on the second. It will not be on the third. It will not be on the fourth. It may be on the last eligible year that they let him get in. Which I believe is wrong. Which which I believe is wrong. I I would agree. It's about what you're doing on the field. And he is a Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's yeah, he did. He legally he committed a felony. Yes. So so um so let's talk let's talk a little bit about uh you know Antonio did kind of expand it out a little bit. So you know obviously Antonio Brown uh you look at his career in Pittsburgh it became a contract dispute. It became a dispute with Ben Roethlisberger. That's what eventually got him out of uh, Pittsburgh. He went to Oakland, um, a, a situation where he froze and messed up his feet, mm-hmm. couldn't run. Yeah. I mean, it's always some kind of nonsense. And usually when a guy has a problem, there's always some kind of crazy uh, you know, s- situation. Like, look at uh, Kyrie Irving with the Vax mandate. Um, so, you know, he, then he eventually quits on Oakland and gets cut. Then he goes to New England, uh, same nonsense. He plays one game, some stuff about some assault charges are brought up, and he's out. Right. Tom Brady, knowing, knowing that he's, he's a good receiver, 
He isn't the best receiver. And that was the funny thing about the interview. He yeah, he's full of crap. Listen, uh, listen, I've watched that team. Chris Godwin is, Thank is you. your best receiver. Chris right, Godwin is the best receiver. I'm a State fan. I'm not yes. biased, but I, but I think yeah. Antonio Brown, who is yes. the third – I, I might say at his peak, he wouldn't have been, been, yeah. been the best. He's peak a, Antonio he's, Brown is what would have been the best. But he's 33 of, now. He's not yes, as peak. As of the, yeah, the 2021-2022 season, Chris Godwin is the best receiver, was the best receiver on the team. And I think that is going to be the thing that hurts them the most. <clears throat> I think that's the thing that's going to hurt him the most, the fact that Chris Godwin is not available. That's, that's going to be the biggest hit. Yep. Um, for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but should they sign To? <laughs> no, To's done. So, um, so with Antonio Brown, he has been the problem. Okay, he's been the problem. He doesn't want to accept the fact that he's and no his enablers. A, and, 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 yeah, and, and we need to add his enablers who are not addressing him, the individual, telling him you're messing up your money. Okay, hey, are also put, a problem. He's put money in the, he's put money in the bank the bank accounts, right? So, so yeah, he's put money in the bank. So and that's and, and that's the thing. When you got guys who you are paying and the people around you are on your payroll, they're never going to tell you the truth. Um, because they want their paychecks to keep you know flowing. So a bigger question, and we don't have to spend a lot of time on this. Do you feel that athletes now you look at um A B, you look at a situation like Kyrie, you look at a situation like Ben Simmons. Are athletes a little bit too uh, coddled right now? Are they too yes. sensitive? Yes. Well, yeah. Well, you know, you know, the Antonio Brown. You know, I mean, if you touch, I'll touch quickly on each one. You know, Antonio Brown, he was probably hurt, but Antonio Brown um, didn't want to go through the proper channels or the proper way to do things. He wanted to do things his his way and understand that's not how it how it goes. And um, he tried. He he tried instead of going about his business one way he tries to make everybody a liar or a victim around him to make him look like oh i did the right thing when when really he he did not um and then with with Kyrie, i think it's a little bit different because you're, you're talking about a person's first amendment right to not do something um now would you want him to be the consummate teammate and do it yes I, but you know but he's always been open to playing and wanted to play he just didn't want to um i, I guess uh to, you know, take the vaccine or, you know, change his morals and what he thought was right was was right or wrong to play. But that's all gravy now. But he's going to be at a crossroads come play, come playoff time. Um, Big time. Big time. And, and with, with Ben Simmons, you know, I think there's, 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 you know, Ben Simmons was coddled for too long by, what's the guy, their first coach names. I, I, I forgot his name. Uh, that, that was the Sixers coach before Doc, Brett Brown. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he was coddled. I mean, they had previously they knew they they knew each other, and B through channels had made that known that 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 he felt that was a problem that that he was coddled that he was baby. And look, I believe this: you get paid to do a job, and it's your career. You have to get better in your job, and that means that you have to be asked to do things that maybe you don't want to shoot or expand your 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 off of the game. But if that helps your team, that's what you need to work on. And he may he may be be working on. It. I know he works on the pickup games. You know what you know in the films, but in game time it's not happening. And the problem is, you give these guys a lot of money, and when the when they're making more money than the than the general manager and the head coach and all the assistants and all the people in the front office except for the owner and combined, you know, you relinquish power. That's what you do. You relinquish power. 
and right now, you know, they talk about, you know, LeBron introduced the the era of play, of player empowerment, player power. Well, there's more. Well, yeah, I guess he did. But now he also delivered the curse as well. There's there's a curse. There's a curse because now players are like, well, if we got power to say I, I don't want to play here anymore, I want to play some some somewhere else. If we have power to say. I want that guy on that team to play with me or I'm not going to this team unless he joins me, then we might have power to say, bro, I don't like your rules. I'm not playing. I don't like this. I'm not playing. Y'all hurt my feelings. I'm, I'm not playing. And so now you're dealing with that. And look, Ben Simmons, his thing is very, I think there's a lot to it that's behind closed doors. I think part of the blame's on Doc, Doc Rivers as well. Um, for not backing his guy at the end of last season, just kind of being like, "Hey, here's the no." Doc Rivers got in, got in trouble. Got in trouble for telling the truth, and at that no, moment, whether, no, thing, Rob, it's, Rob, it's Rob, the truth. Whether it's Ben Rob, Simmons, Rob, he's, he's Rob, the truth. Rob, you're a head coach of a basketball team. It's your squad. It's you guys. It's those guys in that locker room, not the media, that have to trust you and confide in you and you as their leader. The media, that's not that's that's not your players. Your players have to know that you got their bag at all times. Do not I got say you. I I don't know. Just say I I believe he he can get there. Like just just leave it at that. But don't say I don't know. Right. But the issue. Wait wait wait. Mike Munger say what? But wait wait. I want to ask. Um, I just want to interject real quick. You hope that he so, hasn't heard it by the time you get back to the locker room. Right. <laughs> no. Exactly. The, here's the thing. I I agree with what Ozzy said in terms of what uh, uh, uh of of what Doc Rivers said to and, and but. I think the and reason why, listen, I believe the reason why they did it was because they were tired of him. And the thing is, at some point, at some point, you, the player, have to take a look at yourself and say, am I truly helping this team? They're paying me this level of money. Am I helping my team? And that's why I say that as much as as much as what LeBron had did for the NBA, for the players, in terms of giving them empowerment, it's also a curse because now teams are stuck in saying, okay, I got to deal with this and just take the loss. That's the reason why Philadelphia has not traded Ben Simmons is because they're it's trying to stand pride. firm. Yeah. They're it, it, with pride. Yeah. yeah it, it's a pride thing. Eventually, yeah, I think before both, the trading deadline. It's going right. to be problematic for, for both, and, for both uh, parties. Right. Yeah. And, and I feel by the trade deadline, he's going to have to be moved. At, um, the, the, the hardest part is this. What they said is not false. Right. It's true. However, like I say, I tell my players this all all time. It's not what you say. It's how and when. And when you have a microphone in front of your face and your butt hurt because you lost game seven against, the, against what I thought was an inferior team, before sure. you say – well, I thought the game changed when we passed up a layup um, for a foul that missed the free throws. How about this, said Joel Embiid? I thought that the series changed when in the fourth quarter, last four minutes, you scored no points, you lose the basketball game. Hey, I thought the game changed when I, Joel Embiid, the best player on this team, could have taken this game over and, and did not, and we lost. Oh, I thought but, the game changed. But isn't, that also not... a, but isn't that also a sign of the entitlement on Joel Embiid's part? That, you know, and and let, there's no leadership player wise. Yeah. And let's be honest, Joel, Joel Embiid is a spoon that, that you know, turned, that, that stirs a drink in uh, Philly. He is, he is a star. Best player. Too. He is. Okay. He's, he's a top. He is a top. I would say right now, 
He's a he's a, certainly a top ten. Certainly, top ten, player. top five. I think he's a top five player, and you can make a valid argument between him and Jokic of who is the, the better player. I would take it be because of well, I would take Jokic because I think his his, his offensive game is more dy- dynamic. But and be defensively, is it, is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 yeah. No, that's not even. I think now, now you're being disrespectful. No, I think Jokic passing passing wise, shooting the basketball from from the shooting outside, the ball, ball, passing ball. the ball, and B can hit threes too. He can, no, but not at the rate. John, but not, <laughs> not in the same way. Listen, no. Embiid, Embiid is a big body that can get to the basket John, whenever John, he wants. John. Don, people people may not like oh, Jokic, but he doesn't look like you know the man. That guy looked like a guy from the bar. He doesn't. He doesn't look like a guy who's sitting on the bar. has lost has lost a lot of weight. Okay, and he still looks. He came in. He was pudgy. Right. And he's, yeah, but he's not. He's and not. His physique, his physique yeah, still not, looks like a bar. John, he's a he's a finesse guy. He's right. a finesse guy, not right. a uh, but there, power guy. But there is there is not a lot of NBA players that are in thirty two minutes or averaging twenty six points. Four, 14 boards and seven assists on 56 percent of shooting from the field and 35 from three. And B may not be able to match the assists, but if B can act, he can't. He can't match. Could easily get those points, points and rebounds. rebounds, but he can't match the efficiency of which is done. This guy, but oh, the, 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 the back on point. Guys are disrespecting the Embiid, boy. I, Jordan, I would take Embiid. Listen, if I'm the New York Knicks and and, and I have a trade package for Embiid, I will do it. In there is nothing Philly sure. that there's nothing Philly wants. From the New York Knicks. That is okay. in perfect Nick Nick fashion. If I have a package for somebody that we cannot get, I'll try to get him. Sorry. Because That's John, because John swore, okay, just in case John swore that Dame Lillard would would, would be a Nick this season. That they would have a package Sorry. for you, Dame Lillard. You have to live with you, you I have did, to live I did. With one it didn't work out. It didn't work out. Your season Kevin Walker. Always, back. always a rob, always a rob to bring up. Yeah, this guy, but, but, this guy, but, but, yeah, this guy smoking yeah, trees out on the back. To get back to to the Sixers though. We talk, we talk about nobody has held Benson accountable. Them, exactly. Who held Joe, who held Joel Embiid accountable in the series where when Kawhi when Kawhi played for the Raptors and Joel Embiid is eating cheese cheeseburgers in pregame, um, yeah. the playoff True. game, True. and then he can't play in a pivotal in a pivotal mid series game because of. His stomach hurts probably because you're eating cheese cheeseburger while while getting a massage. And then this this dude, if he's healthy, he's sick. Oh, I can't go. I got, I got you know, I got the bubble guts. Or great. And then it, I'm not saying he again. He's a great player. He's a great player. But there, but there's a player. You're telling me that you lost a game seven in a series where you did not play your best game. You played well, but not your best game. And the first thing you you do is, man, we. I thought the game changed when somebody else did something on my team. Yeah, blame blame yeah. a deflection, and yeah. then your coach comes 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 up here and Doc Doc Rivers, and y'all know how I feel about Doc Rivers. Good good coach, but you got some nerve to say I don't know if he's a championship or point guard. Well, I well I don't know how good of a coach you are because you because you continue. I don't know if it's a championship program either. <laughs> but, but hey, hey that, no, that that's fine. But guess what? They should have interviewed Ben Simmons and said, "Well, I don't know how good the coach Doc, Doc Rivers is because every SMI year he builds he builds a three-one lead. He's got four of them. And the only year that he that he won a championship, he he had a team of veterans that could lead with themselves. So I, so hey, I'm sorry. 
Woe is okay, me. Okay, okay, okay. You no, no, no. You respect that point, but even with that being said, Ben Simmons. Just talk, talking about the Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons yeah, knew that they were, they were deficiencies in this game that he refused to work on because he exactly. him, told him how good he was and how special he was, and he didn't. And he didn't work, and that's just what happens when you don't put the work in. So now you are you're getting paid superstar money, but is Ben Simmons a top ten player? No. Right, well, he's he's a top 10 and, and he should be. Yeah, he and, should be a top ten defensive player. He should be a top ten player in this league. He well, should do be. I'm gonna ask y'all something. I know it's been going on for a while, but do y'all think this thing just needs to get over with right now, or is it something that the Sixers need to continue to salvage, knowing that the no, Sixers are a 500 need, basketball team? Right they now. need to trade <laughs> right. Ben Simmons. They need to trade him. You're not getting. You're, you're not line. getting. You're not getting a superstar. In, in what? The what? What would be John? So Rob, you're Daryl Morey. You're 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 in his office. Josh Harris, the the the, the owner, comes and says, "Look, dude, bro, like this has to end now. What is a deal that that you say, all right? I'll I'll take this deal. Let's roll. If I can get Boston to give me one of the Jays, I would do it. But I don't know if Boston wants to do that because right. Boston, I think they want to build around Jalen and Jason, uh, Tatum and Brown. You know, uh, you know, Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown." Um, I don't know that that's that would be the pick that I would make. I don't I'm not buying the Kyrie for Ben Simmons. That's neither that's not happening. That's not happening. Yeah, neither, my pain, my pain for your pain. <laughs> yeah. Neither neither team, neither team would want that. Portland's not giving up Dan Lillard. Uh and rightfully so. I wouldn't give up Dan Lillard for um Ben Simmons. I don't know what deal is, is gonna be out there, but I think I think the deal that I think I, I think that, that, that the deal that they would end up getting is probably Ben Simmons being traded f- to a bad team that has first-round yeah. assets, that has yeah. first-round assets that he can give up. I think they'll take Cle- that. I think the they'll Cleveland take Cavaliers, that. The Cleveland Cavaliers may, may be a squad um, that may be interesting to look at. But right. On Bleach Report, the, the Atlanta Hawks is a team, I think, that can make it work because – Yeah, they, they have they have around Cam, Cam Reddish. They can add in a, a young guard and Kevin – and Kevin Warder, and they can add in first round draft picks, and they can say, hey, right, but, but are the Hawks dra- first round draft picks gonna be uh lottery picks? No, no, the Hawks are playoff what, team. What, what lottery team is gonna, what lottery team is going to be, uh, I guess a lottery, so have lottery picks to you know that, that is going to be interested in Ben Simmons? Okay, yeah, no, no, oh, okay, see, doesn't want Ben no. Simmons. Okay, see, yeah. okay, well, see, has too okay, many picks. Would, OKC has too many picks. Uh, OKC has like something like, I think eleven first round picks. They have they have like a crazy this, amount. Of, this is they're going to end up trading some of those picks. They can't. Obviously. The Sixers cannot make a trade for a player for like they can't trade Ben Simmons. And say, oh, just give us five picks. No, like you have to win right now because Joe yeah. Long and B his his knees have like <laughs> maybe five years left, and you're like we got to win like right now. So if I'm trading you, I'm gonna be honest. If you know, of course, I'm a Dallas Maverick fan. If we put a package together that said Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney Smith, Jalen Brunson, and two first, you're getting three players that, that, that will play right now. Or if you go to the Trailblazers, say CJ McCollum, Robert Covington, Larry Nance Jr., two, two first round picks, or maybe if you want Anthony Simon, you get three players that can play right now. 
Exactly. If you're trying to, if you're trying you to say I want to, like, you ain't getting yeah, no star for no yeah. um, nobody because the team that trades for him is like, bro, I can't even trust trust this dude. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he, yeah, he's overly sensitive and he can't shoot. Right. I Nobody think the Portland. That. I think yeah. the Portland. I, I, I think picking up CJ McCollum. If if I can get CJ Anthony Simmons, man, I I don't need Covington. Um, give me no, you got, CJ you get Anthony Simmons. You got to get Covington because you're looking. You're not just looking at hey, how do I make the playoffs? You're looking at how do I match up against a guy like like Kevin Durant? And there's no way to guard him, but well, you got to have guys. You don't guys match up against Kevin Durant. That can right. that can that can play him. Like you can't say, all right, Tobias Harris, so good luck. Or do you make a trip? Listen, Orlando? you do the job. Robert 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 Covington Robert Covington can solve some issues for the Brooklyn Nets. I, I tell you that. So okay, he can he can because right now the Milwaukee Bucks are mm. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say far and away, but I, I think, think they're the best team. They're the best they're, team. They're the best team. They're the best team in the Eastern Conference. I think Milwaukee's the best team. Yeah, I think I think Brooklyn is second. Uh, I think I think the Bulls are a nice story. They're going to be exposed they, pretty soon. They, but they um, we'll get it together once yeah. the game's back and they're, yeah, I think, and they're healthy. Do you feel the Bulls make a trade to Philadelphia? The Bulls no. may need the Bulls need to make a trade if, if they want to win a title this year. They don't have a they, power forward. They need a power. They forward. will. They'll, no, they'll make they a trade, one, but just hurt. Right. Yeah. So, but it's not the Right. So, and they need a power but like, forward. But but you can't trade guys to like because your team is really built around these four players that you got that want that Zach is getting into his prime, Booch is in his prime, Lonzo Ball, I think, is starting to figure out what he is for for a career, which is a three and D um point guard with 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 the ability to be a ball handler and a really good pass. I think and, I think Lonzo could be a Jason Kick. The Jason Kidd like okay, y'all stop this. Not not with the threes. Not with the threes. Do not disrespect. Listen, okay. See, this is a part of the show (laughs) where I'm looking at my clock because stuff is devolving into. Wait a second. You know, you mean to tell me Lonzo can't average fourteen points, eleven assists, and like you said, Jason Kidd. So you called him a. A Jason Kidd like player. He, he, no, no, no. he can be a top six Stop point guard it. in history of basketball. That's what he can be. Stop Listen, it, John. Lonzo Ball's, no, a, on, Lonzo Ball's a good player. Okay, he is. He is. He, Lonzo Ball's a very good player. You're telling John me was, stat wise. Wait, you're telling me John stat wise. Okay, what no. was Jason Kidd's stats? Fifteen points. Doesn't matter. Points. Jason Kidd. All Jason Kidd led a team. <laughs> he led. He led a trash franchise to back to back NBA Finals. Okay, I don't see Lonzo Ball doing that. <laughs> Listen, I'm, tra- I'm talking about the stat line. Jason Kidd's stat line. You no, tell me Lonzo they, Ball oh, can't get that stat line? Jason Kidd at his peak was 18, I, was 18 points. Um, 10 assists. 18, you know, 18, okay. 10, and 6. Okay, see, th- this is a problem when you're talking about stats. And I'm going to and I'm gonna right. pose a question. You're, of, and this you're going to no. focus on impact. You're going to focus on no, no, no. what's his impact. No, no, well, no, no. no. His impact. Well, well, well <laughs> I guess I guess that's 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 pretty obvious. No, um, right. We're gonna end. We're gonna end with this. Okay. Oh gosh, here we go. Does does eighteen and ten points and assists mean the same in twenty twenty two as it does as it, as it did in two thousand eight? It meant a lot more in no. twelve niggas. You could because you could you only scored ninety two points. So yeah, I mean, right. like, look at that point. What separates guys right now? How efficient? And how effective and how do you change the game? Okay. 
LeBron James is having one of the best seasons of his career in terms of points. Best seven-year-old ever. Yeah. How do how the Lakers do doing? How the Lakers doing? They barely over five hundred. I'm not going to divulge at this point. But they're hot. But they but they're have, hot. They're hot right they have now. an Achilles heel in their team. It don't matter what LeBron James does. He can do whatever he wants. He literally has a player on the court with him that is minusing whatever he does. And people love him. I love him. He's a Hall of Famer. But, boy, this is, that's for another podcast. But Russell Westbrook, Jesus, take the wheel. That boy, Gatomati, he is figuring out how to get worse and worse every year. He's figuring mm. it out. But brothers balling keeps getting better and better every week. And guys, that is going to be our show. That's it. We're cutting the point off right here. Okay. Hey, all right. Uh, so, thought, hey, Antonio Brown, you want to be famous since you're so famous since you said that on your thing? Hey, just just fight a Logan Paul brother. Fight one of the Pauls. That's what you need to do. No, he, he would die. Great. Fight, fight um, one of the Pauls. He can stay, he can stay famous. Guys, hit us up. You can hit us up on email, bloodbrothersballin at gmail.com, bloodbrothersballin at gmail.com, or on Instagram at brothersballinpodcast. Also, um, our Facebook group is live. Hit us up, Facebook group, Brothers Ballin Sports. We talked about Antonio Brown. We talked about the college football championship, which which almost feels like a show that we did last week because it um, was so far away. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, it's, not, it's listen, the SEC right now runs it when it comes to college football. But um, excited for the uh, SEC, I guess the SEC championship game repeat. Yeah, the um, SEC Invitational. Okay, <laughs> um, excited for uh, to see what the Buccaneers can do uh, in the in the uh, playoffs and excited to see, you know, how our fans are going to interact with, with this topic. So once again, uh, we appreciate Ozzy, you know, coming in talking about his beloved uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers doing it for us no, no. Uh, to start the season. We'll definitely um, have Ozzy back on um, and probably play Sean. Um, so no, 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 that's how we checked. He, he replaced you. We had the highest rated show. So, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> all I know, hey, all I know is one thing that, that I feel so bad about is you guys are fans of some of the most losing teams that. And I feel so bad. I pray for y'all at night. So I'm like, man, I could not know. That was me with the Buccaneers from 2003 to 2015, just being a loser every year. And since your second Super Bowl, Rob, you mean, y'all suck. And then, and then John, <laughs> I don't know. Since Rex Grossman? <laughs> listen, Rex. listen, hey. And sometimes the Gators too. sometimes yeah. as a true sports fan, you have to eat a period of time where your team is horrible, but the team was to what doesn't the team <laughs> listen? Hey, I'm proud of the progression, I'm proud of what my Knicks are doing right now. Proud of what Knicks, the, the Knicks are terrible. Listen, so, um, you know what? I'll save what I have to say for another day. Yes, yes. let's just save let's just end the show and I'm gonna drive right, the show, and I'm gonna drive to where you live, we'll choke you out. <laughs> yeah, right. So if anything happens to me, it's we have we have audio evidence that he made a threat. Um, the police Fans, will be notified. Robin Zoom will not be will not be on next week's show. Ozzy will be filling in. Yeah, okay. All right. Ozzy will be filling right. in due to the injuries to Robin Zoom. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, this is what we like to say: be a good it's brother, a be a, be a good sister. Uh, we will see you next week. Um, of course, the a reaction to the college football national title game 
And then we're go- also going to go into some some NFL action as well. Playoffs until until next week. See ya. Take care of each other. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you soon. Bye, folks.